This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, fam. Today, I'm talking about another hot topic. This is two weeks in a row. I am on a roll when it comes to these topics, but the reason I'm doing this is because I'm not trying to be, you know, monumental in my discussions here or trying to ruffle any feathers. I'm just trying to get you to think a little bit more differently about how you approach what you do on the bike, what equipment you use, and what can maybe bring you a little bit more performance metrics, uh, a little bit more power output, and more comfort. And I just, I just put on my peas there just for a second. So I apologize about that, but I'm just so stoked. I'm excited. And this is me without caffeine. <laughs> um, okay. So today we're talking about the age old debate. I want to say that this debate has been going on ever since I started cycling more than 20 years ago. Um, I guess it's been, oh my God, wait, what is it? 2023? Yeah. Like 23, 24 years ago. Um, and that is flat pedals or clipless pedals. And this has been a debate since I can remember, even before I started biking, because I still remember other friends talking about it. Now, of course, back then, it was a little bit of a different context with my friend group at the time and and just my family that were on bikes and things like that, because I was definitely raised on bikes, even if it was just going around, you know, the neighborhood and and going down to the cul-de-sac and doing some laps when I was like, you know, five to eight years old. But... Even though the context may be a little bit different in terms of what classifies each pedal as as each type of pedal, still the evolution is really, really cool to have witnessed over the past 20 plus years. Now, when I first started mountain biking in like 2000, 2001, I think it was 2000, I actually started mountain biking. My, my first ride uh, with a someone I was dating at the time who also happened to be a mountain biking instructor. However, I did not really get any instruction on that ride because it was more like a date, very awkward date, but that's okay. Um, but, you know, I was on flats. I was on a flat pedal. I was on a, I was on a decent bike, but a decent bike from like, you know, several years prior to that. Um, it was a bike that my parents had gotten me, you know, when I was in like middle to early high school, I think. And it was just more of like a neighborhood bike. And I did buy a mountain bike at the time because I wanted to get on dirt. Something about it. Like I I just wanted to get on dirt. And keep in mind, I lived in Florida at the time. And you know, Florida is about as flat as a pancake that I love to eat. And there's not really a whole lot of trails. Like I wasn't aware of any trail systems. However, I was aware of some like back weird, sketchy dirt road trails that were behind our house in this new neighborhood that was being built back there. So there was still some new development and they just had some trail systems there. I think just from the neighborhood kids going back there and just, you know, um, kind of riding over the grass and, and developing a little bit of a, a quote unquote trail. So I would do that. Um, unfortunately there, there was also a, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. There was also a marijuana field back there supposedly. So my brother at the time, Dobie, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Uh, he always told me like, hey, be careful because, you know, sometimes there's, he's like, I've found some booby traps back there and um, and now my brain is just spiraling because now I'm thinking of the Goonies, you know, booby trap. Uh, but anyways, you know, so I didn't really venture too much or as much as I thought I was going to after I bought that bike. So hopefully you appreciated that little one minute 
spiel on my childhood. But um, needless to say, I was on this bike. I think it was an old mongoose. Um, if that gives you any idea of like what I what it was and, and <laughs> what I got myself into. And I was learning on the trails out in Solly National Park in North Carolina. And I was having a blast. We were hitting some whoop-de-doos and I just, I was ecstatic. But I was on flat pedals that first time that I did an official mountain bike ride, especially on an actual mountain. And I loved it. I was hook, line, sinker. It was great. Now, because I was so hooked and I knew that my bike just was not, you know, A, it needed some TLC. B, I don't think it could have handled the trails that I wanted to be on. So I went to a local bike shop in North Carolina in the Greensboro area where I was going to undergrad and um, started to explore my options and found a Gary Fisher Big Sur. And that was my bike for pretty much like 10 plus years at least. And, you know, it was my bike during college and shortly thereafter. Love that thing. That thing was great. Uh, it had actual suspension in the fork um, that wasn't made out of plastic. It was it was fantastic. Had proper stanchions. Like it was great. It also did come with flat pedals. Now, at the time, uh, this guy that I was you know hanging out with, he was an avid mountain biker. Actually, a really good mountain biker and raced locally and things like that. Kind of took me under his wing. And he immediately said, "Um, you're not going out with flat pedals. You're going to go out with clip." clipless pedals and I'm like clipless pedals like what the hell told me all about it and he's just like Jen just trust me you're just gonna want to start with these like right away I'm like all right I trust him you know it's fine Mm, yeah my first ride (laughs) I think I went like one to three feet in the parking lot it was a gravel parking lot in North Carolina I was riding with him and his name was Andy and uh yeah I just biffed it like almost landed on my car. It was funny. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I heard like a mother, but it was funny because I just teetered over. I couldn't get my foot out. And he's like, get your foot out, get your foot out. And I'm like, I can't. Well, unfortunately, I didn't have the settings on my clipless pedals to the lightest setting or the easiest setting for you to basically dismount, you know, and effectively kick your foot out of the pedal safely. I didn't know that that was a thing. Andy didn't tell me. Uh, so high fives to you, Andy. Thank you for that. I will never forget that laughter. And I laughed so hard. My, my stomach hurt. It was great. You have to be able to laugh at your mistakes. However, he did turn around, grab an Allen wrench and loosened up my pedals. So my experience has been on clipless pedals for over 20 years. Now keep in mind some of that time there was a hiatus. I didn't really do a lot of biking. When I did do some biking, it was road cycling because I definitely got into road cycling, doing a lot more of endurance events and things like that. So when I was on a road bike, yeah, I was on SPD clipless pedals. And then I eventually was exposed to look pedals, which were fantastic. And then I quickly fell in love with look pedals, which are also considered clipless pedals. You do clip in and, um, you know, you engage with the cleat uh, and the pedal on your bike. And I like the look pedals because it does have a wider base. Now I'm telling you all this because A, laugh in my pain, please. Um, But then B, also to let you know kind of my evolution of starting on flats for just a couple rides, didn't really have a ton of experience, but then I've only known clipless pedals for over 20 years. Now, two years ago, while I was coaching at a Vita MTB series clinic in Grand Junction, Colorado, I was uh, coaching actually with a friend of mine, Madge. Shout out to you, Madge, if you're listening. 
And I happen to think like, hey, you know, I've got this wild idea. I've had these flat pedals in my bag for like at least a couple months. Let me go ahead and switch them out. Uh, buddy Ken switched them out for me. And I'm like, let's just try like the second part of this clinic on. Of course, Madge thought that was an awful idea. And I will agree with her. <laughs> I will strongly agree with her on this. Uh, and yes, it was a bad idea to do that in the middle of the clinic. But also it was a shared experience with other people who were there learning. And then that way they could see kind of what evolution I was going through in the moment, live, in the flesh. Uh, fortunately, they didn't see any more of my flesh or blood or anything like that on any rocks that day and the next day during the clinic. But it took some getting used to. And, you know, I reassured them that, hey, this is a learning process. We all have to go through it at some point, whether you're going from clipless to pedal or flats or flats to clipless, like whatever that looks like to you. However, you know, it is one of those things where you want to, um, you want to do what you're most comfortable with ultimately, whether that's flats or clipless. Now today I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown. That's just going to summarize. This is just going to be a high level summarization of the difference between the main differences between these two types of pedals. But please keep in mind that you have to do you. Now, while I've been on, on flat pedals for the past two years, I will say I strongly, strongly miss the performance that I have on clipless pedals. And by that, I mean, hey, I love to climb. Um, at least I used to. Since being on flat pedals, I don't really enjoy climbing as much because I'm not able to do certain things, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I'm not able to elicit as much power and just be more comfortable or as comfortable on the bike as I was. Now, keep in mind too that I've also been on clipless pedals for ages. And that is just, it. it I love being attached to the bike. I love that feeling that is a preference of mine that is just something that makes me feel good while I'm riding. All right. So those are a couple of things to keep in mind in terms of personal experience. And please know my personal experience will bias my uh, overview here. However, my overview of the pros and cons will not be biased because I'm going to try to be as legitimate and as, as flat as I possibly can when it comes to that. Because these are pros and cons, whether I agree with them or not. All right. There's still pros and cons by the collective out there in the bicycle uh, world. All right. So flats versus pedal or versus clipless Uh, flats. You know, they're usually made from a couple of different materials, alloy or composite. Composite can be just a very strong, strong composite, and it is incredibly durable. They will, however, crack over time, especially if you do live in a drier climate or not a drier climate, but a a hotter climate, you know, here in Colorado, um, if you, if you do strike the pedals on rocks very often, yeah, you're going to go through a composite pedal more quickly than you would a metal pedal. Now, metal pedals, of course, can be heavier, you know, depending on what the metal is actually made out of. So just keep in mind, there will be a little bit of weight difference if you do tend to look at weight of a pedal, but generally speaking, you know, they're made out of those two different materials. Now, the pros with flat pedals is it does allow for some more flexibility and you can move your foot around. However, that's not also, it's also not always true because there are times where even I, while on a flat pedal, actually had difficulty just moving my foot slightly. Like if I, if I felt like my foot was off a little bit and I wanted to move it real quick, I actually like literally had to remove my foot up off the pedal and away from the little, the tiny little metallic uh, teeth that are basically on this pedal. Um, I had to like move it up and off. And while you're biking, that can be incredibly just uh, 
unsettling. It can be a little unsettling, especially if you are on rougher terrain, because then what could happen is you could slip your foot off and then just cause a little bit of an, an issue, a little bit of a disaster. So, however, it does allow you to kind of move your foot around on the pedal to find that sweet spot. Now, generally, the sweet spot is, and I'm going to go ahead and make this clear, a lot of folks will think that the sweet spot is their their toes being on the pedal, like their toe box being on the pedal. That's partially true. You know, what they taught us in, you know, mountain biking clinics and courses and things like that and certifications to teach others how to mountain bike is actually you want that spindle. So that part that the pedal attaches to your bike on, that little tiny metal spindle, right? What it attaches the pedal to your crank arm. That should actually be more or less in the kind of beginning or slight middle of your arch of your foot. So it actually should not necessarily be around the ball of your foot. Now, of course, when you're on clipless pedals, that will change a little bit, but on flats, it will give you more traction of the foot engaging to the pedal more effectively if you have that spindle moved up just a little bit towards your arch. So just as a heads up, of course, this is a little bit easier to show while visualizing it. Maybe I'll even uh, include a post on this during the week this week on Instagram, so stay tuned. But you know, it's one of those things it takes some getting used to to do that because I will say after I switched to flats and then I went through my PMBIA certification course, level one uh, certification course, you know, my instructor, of course, told us about this, informed us about this, and all of our minds were blown, except for a couple. Uh, I don't think Madge was surprised, for example. She was in that course doing a research. And, uh, you know, she knows. She's she's been around the route. She's been around the block. She's been biking for quite a while and definitely been mountain biking longer than I have. Um, but... You know, it's one of those situations where a lot of us who are a little bit newer to mountain biking coaching, we weren't aware of this. We were never really made aware of this. So foot placement can really elicit a different capacity to engage uh, or to increase your power on the pedal. So that's why I'm talking about foot placement and how it can be so so important. Now on flats, of course, you have some more flexibility around where you place your foot. So you can kind of move it around a little bit. You can also drop your foot down a little bit more on descents and feel like you're not going to fly off the pedals because actually, you know, putting your heel down will engage you better with the pedal. So that front foot, whatever your lead foot is when you're descending, when you put that heel down, you will have a better engagement with that pedal and you're going to feel like you're you're more connected with the bike, which is what you want when you go downhill. Now, of course, your back foot, you're de- you're not necessarily putting the heel down on that back foot. You're actually going to wedge yourself in between the front pedal and the back pedal here. So usually the back pedal, we recommend that you actually put the toe down a little bit and press against that back pedal. And then that way you're really re- wedging yourself against each of those pedals and, and you just feel a little bit more solid and a, little, a lot more stable on the bike. Now, The other thing with flats is, hey, you can take your foot off more easily if things get sketchy. If you're on a technical feature, if you're trying something new, you know that you can easily take your foot off the pedal and just step. Now, there are times and there have been a handful of times where I have had difficulty actually taking my foot off of a flat pedal because the teeth, you know, that are on the the pedal just engage so strongly with my shoe, with my, you know, even if it's a hard bottom sole shoe, like an actual mountain biking shoe, Sometimes that engagement can just be really, really extreme. So just a heads up, ideally, yes, you can take your foot off more easily if things get sketchy, uh, especially compared to clipless pedals, which we'll talk about here in a moment. 
Now, of course, some negatives with flats are going to be that you can't necessarily get a full pedal stroke how you need to. You know, you can't necessarily pull up on the pedal stroke as you're climbing uphill. You know, so when you're doing that full oval or full circle shape with the pedal stroke with your feet, you're not necessarily able to pull up. So then you do you do kind of miss out on some of that power that you can get from a clipless pedal, which I'll talk about here in a second. Now, of course, flat pedals, they will be fantastic pedals to learn on because you will be able to remove your foot more easily, but then also you're just going to be able to feel more comfortable with the bike. You're going to be able to kind of feel where your foot engages with the pedal and, and where your power engages and, and you're going to feel like you're, you're not necessarily forcing the bike or quote unquote cheating. And I hate even saying cheating because people say that all the time about clipless pedals, but you're not, you're not feeling like you're, you're kind of, uh, when you're, let me give you an example. When you're learning how to pop your, your front wheel, or especially when you're learning how to pop your back wheel and do a real rear wheel lift, <laughs> say that three times fast, rear wheel lift, rear wheel lift, rear wheel lift. There we go. I had to force that one though. So when you're doing a rear wheel lift and you're having to pop that back wheel up, it, it can prove to be a little bit more difficult if you've gone from clipless to flats. And you're used to clipless because, hey, you just got to lift your feet up. Like, no big deal, you know, and just got to kick it. Just got to donkey kick your, your heels up a little bit. And then, boom, it's up. Now, when you're on flat pedals, you have to do things with more intention. But that is a benefit with flat pedals. You learn how to do things with more intention. So there is a lot more intention behind every movement that you're doing on the bike, whether it's pedaling or whether it's any type of track standing or, or you know, wheel lifts or what have you, bunny hops it can just help you learn how to properly engage with your bike without depending on that clipless engagement. All right. So that's a little bit of a a breeze over of some pros and cons with flat pedals. Now let's get into clipless, but first let's talk about why the hell they're called clipless, because this is a top question that I get from new members in the, in the shred strong group. Uh, they'll message me like, Jen, dude, I know you're a mountain biking coach. Let me just ask you this. Uh, I'm glad you all feel safe asking me these things. And, you know, of course, I think a couple episodes ago, I was like, yeah, why are they called clipless? And I was just kind of saying that more tongue in cheek. The reason that they're called clipless pedals is because if you remember it all in the 1980s, maybe even the 1970s and earlier, when we had bikes, especially indoor bikes and also outdoor bikes, there were these like bear trap looking things on the pedals. There are these cages that you put your toes in. And you're supposed to cinch them down, you know, like you could cinch down the little uh, fabric like lever thing. Oh, God. I mean, bear traps. They were full on bear traps for your feet, basically. You're just stuck to your bike. I mean, quite amazing that none of us like broke our collarbone more often. But they're called toe cages or they were they were toe cages back then, a.k.a. bear traps. But then things evolved and the evolution happened with clipless pedals. So they considered those cages to be like, yeah, you're, you're clipped in or your clips. And now with clipless, yeah, you're off, you're off of this thing. You, you don't have that little clip thing that you're, you're putting the lever down to, to cinch your toe, AKA bear trap down on your, on your, on your foot. All right. So you didn't, you, they were clipless. You don't have anything. However, a lot of us still kind of call, you know, the actual clip engagement or that type of integration. We call it like a clip Um, just because it's, I don't know, it's something that's like inherent, I think for humans to just 
F things up when it comes to verbiage and what we call them. But if you're wondering why they're called clipless, it's because we've evolved from going to those toe cages, AKA bear traps that had a clip that you basically like levered down, you kind of cinched down on the strap to strap your foot in. And then when we went away with having that little clip there, we went away with the toe cages, then we went into having a, a cleat engagement with the pedal. All right, so you have a cleat on the bottom of your foot, on the bottom of your shoe, not the bottom of your foot, but the bottom of your shoe. There's going to be a cleat there, and you're going to basically engage with the pedal. And it's kind of like a nice little puzzle piece. So the cleat matches the puzzle piece on the pedal just perfectly. So clipless pedals. Now, some pros with clipless pedals are definitely that you have a feeling of being more stable because you do have a more solid integration with your bike. You're literally locked into the pedal with the cleat, which is nice. And, it, and there will be some degrees of float is what they call it. And float is basically your ability to move your foot around in the pedal and especially your heel, kind of moving your heel left and right, and just being able to move your actual cleat and, and how it float, how much it quote unquote floats inside that pedal. Now I will go ahead and say from a personal training and strength coach perspective, the more float that you have in a pedal, sure, you're going to think it feels better. It's going to feel amazing and it's going to feel more comfortable. However, if you do have a history of knee issues, if you do have a history of ACL repairs, if you do have a history of knee reconstruction, sometimes having more float is actually going to be counterintuitive and it's not going to be beneficial for you. Sometimes you might need to have a pedal that's going to have less float, less degrees of float. All right, so you might want to choose something that has a zero to three degrees instead of three to eight degrees or what have you. If there's been any technology changes in the last two years, oh my God, let me know. Um, if they've now gone up to like 10 degrees, let me know. But last I checked, it was about eight degrees. It's usually the, the max out in terms of the degree of float that you have in the pedal. And the reason for that is because you want to feel a little bit more locked in the pedal. You want to have more stability because you do have a little bit more instability in your knee or ankle or what have you, whatever issues you might have. But generally speaking, I will say for knees and, you know, any type of knee repair and reconstruction, you just want to play it safe and maybe have something that has less float. Of course, talk to your doctor about this. They might have a differing opinion about this, but the predominant number of PTs that I've talked to over the years have agreed with this statement. Um, especially once I started to kind of ask, <laughs> like squeaky wheel gets the questions here. Um, but you're going to feel a little bit more locked into that cleat and pedal integration. You're going to feel more stable on clipless pedals and that will make you feel more secure on technical features. So you're going to feel secure really with both of these things. So on flats, you're going to feel more secure because you feel like you can move your foot better off the pedal should things get dicey. Now in clipless pedals, you're going to feel more secure because your foot is locked in and you're able to kind of, you know, feel like your foot's not going to bounce out. You feel like you can kind of uh, ratchet a little bit more effectively sometimes. Now, of course, there's a differentiating factor here in terms of skill level. So some of these skills should be skills that you can effectively learn on flat pedals and really learn how to engage and, and crank and ratchet your pedals effectively, because then that can translate really well to a clipless pedal. So, you know, of course there's going to be an argument for and against a variety of things, but I am very much pro, Hey, let's learn on flats. Let's kind of figure things out, build the confidence, and then eventually graduate to clipless when you're ready. Now I hands down, 
the best, one of the best pros with clipless pedals is that you will have more power on any type of pedal punches and on your climbs, period. This is not, you know, an opinion here. You're just able to pull up on the pedal more effectively during that circle or flattened oval or flattened circle rather, AKA oval uh, shape of your pedal stroke. Okay. And the reason I, I give a variety of like, Hey, circle to oval is because we're all different. Anatomically, we're freaking different. You can't say that, no, you need to be in, you need to be moving your pedal strokes in an oval. You need to do this. You need, no, I'm not about that dogmatic approach. I think that everybody is different. And that is the cool and fucking amazing thing about us as humans is we have these variations. I have short ass femurs. I have so many clients that I work with who have long ass femurs and we're trying to work through this with certain movements in terms of deadlifts and squats and variations with that. So just as an example, those long levers, the length of your levers are going to change and that will change your power output. That will potentially change how you maybe feel most comfortable with your pedal stroke. And also the thing that you have to consider too is previous injuries, you know, pre-existing things. Do you have a hip, you know, that might need a little bit of an anatomical change, you know, uh, do you have, and by that, I mean, like if you have the actual, if you've had an MRI of your hip and you see that the bone structure in your hip joint and socket is, is different and it might need to be like, you know, sand it down a little bit. I, I hate to say something like that, but our anatomy can change how we move and we need to respect that. So if you're more comfortable pedaling into a more of a fuller circle, great, do that. If you're more comfortable pedaling into an oval, fantastic, do that. For me, I'm more of an oval person. I like the little slightly flattened circle uh, when it comes to my pedal stroke. So basically what I'm talking about in case you're lost as hell for the last minute is I'm talking about kind of how you're moving your foot on that pedal, how you're actually moving that pedal through the entirety of your pedal stroke. Okay. You want it to be fairly even. You don't want to necessarily mash the pedals and be extremely quad heavy with your, with your pedal stroke. Okay. And so for you to get a nice, even pedal stroke and a nice, even power output in the pedal stroke, it does help to have kind of a consistent pedal stroke. And <clears throat> to do that, this is where clipless pedals can really be such a game changer. When you do finally feel comfortable on those flat pedals and graduate to clipless pedals, great. A couple things that you can do is, first of all, find a shoe that that you're comfortable with. You know, for me, I started to experience problems when I went with 510 shoes. And this is me not saying anything poor about these shoes by any means, because these were a pair that I bought, you know, quite a few years ago. And and I put the cleats in and they, they worked fine. Um, but they just weren't like my cities, my CDs rather S I D I. And I like those shoes, even though I have a wide, super wide toe box, the women's city CDs are, I cannot say that today. They're actually quite comfortable for me. And I feel very comfortable. My foot feels very supportive. The arch is great. I feel good. So I had CD shoes forever with my SPD integration, you know, with my clipless pedals and I liked it. I loved my power output that I was able to get on the pedal and on my bike. And I really appreciated the performance of those shoes. But then when I switched, because I started to coach more, I switched to 510 shoes, which were more flat shoes. Um, they didn't have like the, the rough texture or actual, um, the sole basically of the shoe was just flat. It looks kind of like a skateboard shoe. Whereas my CDs were more mountain biking specific. So they actually had a sole that was a little bit more rugged for me to handle terrain and things like that. But it was a stiff sole on the CDs. So 
I was able to generate a lot more power on those shoes and the pedals. And then when I switched to the 510s, the the cleat connection was actually never great. I would sometimes, sometimes quite honestly get stuck on the pedal, no matter how loose I had it, and no matter what type of cleat I did buy in terms of SPD, there was just not enough clearance. They just needed just a little bit of clearance in it. I tried everything. I tried moving the cleat up, down, you know, sideways, left, right, like everything and nothing worked. However, what I want to do is I want to get into a little bit of um, trying to do some different shoes, trying to do a different brand. And the reason I'm talking about different brands is because with different brands, you're going to have a variation in performance and just comfort. And it's worth exploring. While it does take some financial backing, obviously, and an investment on your part to kind of test out certain like equipment and things like that, it is worth it. Definitely, because I've seen that the 510s just don't perform as well. And right now, I am on my flat pedals and with my flat shoes that are called that are from Ride Concepts. And I really do like the Ride Concepts. I think that the Ride Concepts are a fantastic brand. I'm really enjoying how well they stick to my flat pedals, especially after the break-in period. So the 510s can be a little bit stickier out of the box when it comes to the integration with the flat pedals versus, uh, you know, how it feels with just regular, you know, regular sole on different brands. So you're going to find that differentiation between brands and that's fine because that's kind of the beauty in finding what works well for you. Now, the next thing that I want to try is going to be going from my flat pedals back to clipless, except I'm going to... (laughs) Sorry, Milo is going nuts outside my office door. He's getting ready to go for a bath. <laughs> I hope you all could have heard that. I'm going to have to play back that. I'm not going to edit it out because that is just hilarious. But I'm going to go from my flat pedals to my clipless pedals. But instead of using my 510s, because I've actually already given them away <laughs> to a friend, instead of using my 510s, I'm actually going to buy a pair of Ride Concepts for clipless pedals and just see how that integration works and see if that's a little bit more comfortable because I have heard that from 510s that there can be a little bit of an integration issue and just comfort level and you're going to have difficulty disengaging from the pedal. And of course, I don't want that, you know, for comfort level and safety, I don't want that. So I want to try the Ride Concepts since I like them so much and I've had a variety of athletes that I've worked with um, especially over the last couple of years, as Ride Concepts has gained popularity, I'm going to give them a try. So just so you kind of know where I am right now, great. I've been on flat pedals for a couple of years. I do like using flat pedals while coaching. So that is 100% a thing because it's just easy. You hop off the bike and it's easy just to kind of show, uh, you know, people who are attending the, the, the clinics, it's easy to show these individuals this is how your foot engages, you know, because chances are majority of them are also going to be on flats. I will say just from my experience, you know, clipless pedals are not incredibly popular with certain groups of individuals, you know, and, and I will say, I, I do tend to see that uh, a little bit more with, especially like my female clients and, and, you know, attendees at clinics, not everyone, you know, I will say a lot of folks who are a little bit more old school and maybe started to mountain bike, you know, around the time that I mountain biked like 20 plus years ago, then yeah, chances are they're, they're probably on clipless pedals. 
just because that was such a popular thing back then, you know, kind of like Andy, my friend Andy, who's no longer a friend. Uh, but no, my friend Andy, when he was encouraging me to, to start off with clipless pedals as a newbie on the mountain bike. So I mean, to each their own, everything's different. And like I said earlier, this is personal. This is something that you need to explore yourself and figure out if this is something that you want to pursue. If you want to go after trying clipless pedals, great, more power to you. Just be prepared and have it on the lowest setting and have a shoe that is comfortable for you. And, you know, make sure that you're able to get in and out of the pedal very effectively. My thing is if you are new to clipless pedals, I highly recommend that you, you know, bring your bike indoors, set up in your door frame at, in one of your rooms, set up at the entrance of your little door frame here, hold on to the door frame, uh, one hand on each side of the door frame, clip your pedals in, clip one pedal in at a time, unclip, pedal in, unclip clip in, clip out, clip in, clip out. Then do it with the other side, clip in, clip out. Make sure it's on the lightest setting and you're able to disengage from the pedal. Then do both feet, you know, at the same time, clip in, clip out. And you have the support of the door frame, all right? Some people just do it outside against their house or against a wall or against a tree or a fence post, whatever it is that's comfortable for you, but just have some sort of support support structure in place to help, you know, you stay upright and not, not like me, in that gravel parking road or parking lot, you know, 20 plus years ago, I'm trying, trying to unclip. I didn't even unclip, but trying to unclip my pedal, my, my foot from the pedal. (laughs) Oh man. I wish I had that on video. Gosh, if only Andy, if only GoPro was a thing, you know, 20 plus years ago and Andy was wearing a GoPro, that would be amazing. But what are your thoughts on flats versus clipless pedals? What are your pros and cons? I would love to hear from you. You can check out my Instagram stories the week that this podcast drops, which is going to be March 20th. Um, So yeah, check it out. I'm going to have a story up that day, that Monday, kind of asking like, hey, what do you do? Flats or clipless? What do you prefer? And let me know, you know, let me know your thoughts. Uh, Drop me, drop me a little note on that Instagram post at Shift Humor Performance. And uh, I would love to know what, what your love is. Where does your heart lie? All right. For me, yeah, I do. I love flats, but man, my heart lies with clipless. It really does. Especially if you're really comfortable on a certain trail that you're riding that day. All right. Anyways, here is to you exploring what pedal works best for you. I hope that this episode was a joy for you to listen to. If you enjoyed it and you did learn something from it, please do share it on Instagram, share it on any other social media and tag me at Shift Human Performance on it so I can celebrate you and thank you for listening. All right. I am endlessly grateful for you listening to today's episode and I look forward to hearing from you next week. All right. Bye fam. Bye.